I'm starting a new series tonight called Thoughts and Prayers. Now, we're calling it Thoughts and Prayers because um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but <clears throat> the public uh, sometimes has these mass events where everyone finds out about it. Now, back in my day, we just got done talking about technology for the last few weeks. Um, I wasn't aware of everything that happened when I was your age, like because I didn't have any devices telling me. I sure didn't watch the news. And so it had to be like very major to get our attention. But now you guys have all these things flooding in, right? So anyway, when these things flood in, if there's a typical tragedy, and there's a tragedy in the world like <clears throat> every day, and it's a little uh, much, it's a little chaotic, it's a little uh, anxiety-inducing and all that. But I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the public's reaction because the public reacts in massively different ways. And for someone who's been on social media uh, for a good long while, uh, I have noticed a trend uh, there's a there's a way that like Christians respond. There's a way that non-Christians respond, and depending on the tragedy, they respond in very different ways. Especially if it's local, especially if it's something that kind of touches their life or is something that they care about. But Christians tend to respond with this kind of praying for the family, praying for everyone involved. Thoughts go out to the family or whatever. And here's what I've noticed, okay? That the, the watching world doesn't like that response. Now, tell me why you think they might not like, might not like that response. Anyone got any ideas? You can just kind of throw your hand up. Why would the world not like the thoughts and prayers response? They've heard it too many times. That's a good answer. Anybody? Really? Okay. Okay. What else? Looking for a deeper answer. Yeah. 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 There's one more answer I'm looking for that I wonder if you're going to pick up on. Anybody got any other answers before I move on? So here's what I think. Oh. Do you have any? Was that a hand? That's it. There's no action. Or what we perceive as praying being action, the world does not. So um, how many would say, so this is a series about prayer. This is not a series about social media or reacting to events. We're talking about prayer. Um, but specifically, um, how, how many of you have at least... Um, been to church long enough, or even if you don't go to church on Sunday mornings, totally cool, whatever. If you're just going to Fuse, how many of you have learned in just a little bit of time in Fuse that prayer is important to Christians? I was going to say, this whole side doesn't believe prayer is important. That's awesome. We've got some work to do. Okay. <laughs> They're like, is that a trick question? No, like we believe prayer matters. But here's what I also believe. I believe that... <clears throat> um, Prayer is difficult to learn. So I think there's different versions, um, and I'd be curious. This is I'll, I'll ask you guys for some crowd participation again. Um, explain to me your feelings on prayer between the ages of birth, where you don't remember any memories, and you certainly weren't praying. Um, your parents were praying that you would go to sleep so that they could go to sleep, but you weren't praying yet. Uh, but between birth, like in your preschool years, 
Were you taught to pray? Do you, do you, does anybody remember kind of what it felt like to pray? Anyone want to just kind of share just a word or two? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it didn't, it didn't make sense to you. Okay, cool. Go ahead, Stella. Rehearsed. Yeah. In preschool, are you saying that? Okay. Boring. Yep. A routine and we didn't understand why. Uh, go ahead. Interesting. Okay, so let's fast forward now to like kids ministry age, first through fifth grade. What were your thoughts on prayer maybe in that, in that phase? Anybody remember? Important. Important. Did you get more into it, less into it? More? Why? Yeah. Yeah, that's good, Braden. Okay, so is that more into it or less into it or just like forced into it? Oh, okay, so forced into it, but you did kind of come to the understanding later. Okay, that's good. By the way, that's some of the reason rules and routines exist. I know you hate it. Make your bed. You know, I I actually still don't believe in the make your bed rule. You know, it's like we're literally... I just set the whole crowd on fire. I'm sorry. Me too. Um, my, now, I'll tell you, functionally, when I wake up, I'm going to throw the covers over, and then that's the way the covers are going to be when I get home. But I will tell you, the, <laughs> the other day in particular, I came home, and Christy had cleaned, and the bed was all made, and the, everything was like, and I was like, oh, man, that bed looks so inviting because it was all made and the pillows were all organized. I was like, I said, I actually said out loud, "Woo, look at that bed. <laughs> I don't know why I would say that's weird, right? But I just did. Why am I talking about a made bed? Um, so prayer, how did we get to that, right? Routines, routines. You do, you have these things, right? And then you get used to them. So you do the dishes maybe in your, in your kitchen. Maybe that's what you do. And uh, you do that because when you get off on your own, um, you know how to do the dishes and you're not eating on like dirty, like crusty old, like, well, I'm going to put this new food on this crusty old food and let's just hope I don't get sick. Like you need to know how to do those things. Some people go to college and don't know how to do laundry. That's a sad, sad day. The average male, the average male never washes his bed sheets in college. Now, now listen, the girls just responded. The guys are like, wait, we're supposed to wash our bed sheets? They seem fine to me. So, routines, that's a really good point, Braden. Routines do help us understand something that we need to learn later. Now, let me ask this. Let's fast forward all the way to now. Give me your absolute honest read on prayer. Get it, don't get into it, in it, not into it. Uh, I have questions, I'm confused, it feels like a waste of time. What are your thoughts? Um, I do think um, you must have drifted um, and then still now that you're just starting to understand it more and you just need to go more in depth and explain why we pray and what we pray about, what's important, like just different. Yeah, it's good. 
What else? Anybody else want to be brave and say what they think? Yeah. No. Pray while you're brushing your teeth. I think we'll answer that question in this series. Not exactly specifically. So Jesus says when you're brushing your teeth, make sure that you're focusing on prayer. I don't know that he says that exactly. But I'll tell you what. No, that's a good example. And we'll, we actually will talk about that. Um, so I'm not, I'm not dodging it, but we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying it's a routine that we should have now that we understand it. Would you, how many would say, I understand prayer? And that's not like a, I'm a super Christian, look at me. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, how many would say, there's times that I pray and God super like does not answer my prayer requests and it's confusing? Me too. Me too. Yeah. I, um, I was reading a book this week and uh, been in particular prayer about a certain area. And I felt like I read in one portion of a book that God will do miraculously, right, overwhelmingly, more abundantly than you could ever ask or imagine. Um, And so you should ask him. And also, we just need to have faith because he's not going to answer all of our prayers. And I'm like, so somewhere on the in-between there, I need to find myself, right, faith, but also trusting in God, but just kind of letting him decide for me. So it is it is unnatural. And I'll just go first. I'll tell you this, because there's a lot of people in here who kind of have expressed that they've learned some things about prayer. I guarantee there's people in here who have not learned some things about prayer, and maybe it's never been modeled for you. By modeled for you, what I mean is someone actually showed you how to pray. It's really difficult. Um, And then as you get older, it's even more difficult as you are really kind of owning it on, on yourself. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk specifically about what Jesus says. There's four verses uh, tonight, and then there's a few more verses next week, and we're just going to do a deep dive on what he says about prayer because his disciples at one point, okay, so you understand Matthew, Mark, and Luke kind of have the same story. John's a little different, but they're they're all telling the same story from different lenses. And so Matthew records a story uh, but also Luke records this same story, and Luke includes one detail that we don't find in Matthew, and that's this, that this whole conversation starts because the disciples said, will you just teach us how to pray? I mean, yeah, like Jesus got to teach them how to pray. So we're going to learn specifically what he said, and hopefully we'll demystify some of it. So um, we're just going to kind of dive right in. No clever illustrations here. Just just kind of dive right in. In Psalm, I'm sorry, Psalm. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 is where we'll start. The verses will be on the screen. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. So we're going to take this apart piece by piece. Like I said, there's four verses tonight. We're just going to take this apart. If we can go back, please. Uh, Verse 5. We're going to take this apart verse by verse. So, He's going to say first, like, first of all, when you pray. Matthew 6 is full of Jesus saying, when you pray, when you give to others, when you fast. So what is that assuming? Is there any rules that you have to do? 
Yeah, I heard some murmurs that you are going to pray and fast and give. That the Christian life is full of these things and you are, he's, he's understanding and he's intimating that like this is a part of the Christian life. And so it's not just if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And so I would say that it's definitely a part of our life, needs to be a part of our life. So when you pray, make sure that you're not like the hypocrites. What's a hypocrite? Yeah, a hypocrite is like something that's going to do something different than what they say or do something different from what they believe. So in this case, a hypocrite uh, is someone who loves to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. So we have this like purpose clause that's saying um, the goal here is that they just want to be seen. They want people to know how great of a prayer they are. And so what does he say? Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So <clears throat> let me boil all this way down, and I'm going to ask you about this reward. If you are praying, this is Jesus talking. If you're praying and your goal is for other people to like hear how awesome your prayers are, that seems to be a miss, right? That seems to be, but it's a, te- it's a temptation for us sometimes. As you get older, it's a temptation. As there's groups that gather in Christian circles, sometimes it's like, Oh, I'm going to wow them with how, oh, great and heavenly Father, we praise you. And you put on your prayer voice. You know what I hate? I hate when pastors use a different voice than they use in, like, their real life. So, like, if you just sit and had lunch with them, and they'd be talking in this tone. But then they, when they preach, they're like, you know, and they use this different voice. Like, what's this, like, this is theater happening in front of us, right? And what he's saying is, like, that's not what this is about. This should be about you and your heart with God. What do you think their reward is that he's talking about? Trevin, what do you think? Uh, not exactly. Let's say that they are being seen. Now imagine that. Jesus is going to look at us and say, they have their reward. Keegan. Say it louder. Yeah, I think what he's specifically saying is, check it out. Why? W- okay, so let's boil it all the way down. Why would we pray? A, because we're commanded to, but what's the functional reason we would pray? Cool. To worship? What else? Someone said something back there. To talk to him? What else? Because you want something or need something? Express things that are on your mind. Imagine all the things that come with prayer. And then you undercut all those things because your purpose was actually just to be seen by everybody. And so what he's saying, this is what I think Jesus is saying here, the actual purpose of prayer is to have all those things, to worship, to praise, to to ask God for things. It's good to ask God for things. But then... If we're doing it just to be seen, then it's really not prayer. It's like theater. It's a speech, right? And, and then if we walk away like, man, that was like the best prayer. Like, like you just hit a home run in Minute Maid Stadium and the whole crowd went wild. You've got this idea like, oh, yeah, I'm the best prayer in this youth group. And they think they're like, they probably admire me. They probably think I'm a great Christian. Like your reward is... The idea in your mind is that people admire you. 
What kind of reward is that? It's a terrible reward. It is a terrible reward, right? It's not fulfilling. It's not what God wants. And so what he's saying is like, don't be like them. And I don't think he's trying to say like, he's not mad at his disciples. He's not using that kind of tone. I think he's warning them. He's saying the temptation sometimes is to make it theater. Don't make it theater. Just make it about you and God. Go to the next verse, uh, please. Verse six. But when you pray... Okay, so he's going to say, but when you pray, like not the hypocrites, when you pray, if you're devoted to God, if you really want to pray to God, then you, you go into your room and you shut the door and you pray to your father who is in secret, right? It's not theater. It's no one watching. It's just you and it's God. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Imagine if you had enough faith in God that you knew he was there. You knew he was listening. You knew he was king. And you didn't need anyone else to, to watch you perform your Christianity, right? Which is just such an ugly thing to even say out loud, perform your Christianity, right? That's not what we do. It's really, like, sometimes, like, and there's a sense in which, like, well, Mark, are you performing your Christianity right now? Not, no. Like, I'm, I'm wanting to make sure that my heart, I'm teaching, right? I'm teaching. But um, if I was to pray before or after a sermon, and, and in my heart, I wasn't devoted to God. In my heart, I was just kind of like trying to be impressive to the crowd. Then, yeah, that would be performing my Christianity. But in this moment, truly, and I hope that I've said this enough to you, like I love you so much, I want the best for you. I just want to give you, like I want to fill your cup up with spiritual knowledge and wisdom so that you can go out and you can live a God-honoring life and have a relationship with God on your own. But when you pray, so you go into your room. So this is you, right? When you go, you go into your room and you shut the door and you pray to your fathers in secret. Let's, let's talk about that word room there for a second. Some versions say, I used to have a King James version. I think it said closet. Um, anyone heard that version? Like go into your closet um, and pray. And you're like, pray in your closet? That's kind of odd. Here's what I think the, the gospel right world Jesus specifically is after. What do you think he's after? Yeah. 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 Keep it to yourself. Here's what I find interesting. Are you allowed to pray while you're brushing your teeth? Yeah. Did someone say no? You are. Just correction. Just confirm it. You're allowed to pray while you're brushing your teeth. Um, you are allowed to pray in the car. You're allowed to pray in school. You're allowed to pray literally wherever. And what we try to make sure that you know is there's nothing special about this building right here. There's nothing special. There's not special wood flown in from olive trees in Israel, right? When we baptize people, it comes out of the spigot, right? It's, it's just the same out of your, like, your faucet at home. There's nothing special about the water we baptize with or whatever. But here's what, here's what I, I just want you to know that's so special about our New Testament relationship with God is that because his Holy Spirit is with us, wherever we go, that place becomes sacred. So, in a sense, this place is sacred because the Holy Spirit's here because we have Christians in the building and his word is being taught and we're worshiping. So, yeah, the Holy Spirit is here. Is the Holy Spirit here on Saturday at like 8 p.m.? Some of you are like, is that a trick question? I, actually, I, I mean, I don't know, but I don't think so. Like, I mean, he's everywhere, right? He's everywhere. He's like, is, that a, is it just an omnipresent conference? No, I'm just saying, like, there's nothing special about this building, 
right? We want to pray for, for our gathering. But even when we say go to church, you know what the word church means? And church does not mean a building. We really should change our, our terminology, which is very hard to do with a very common term. But the word church means like the called out people of God, right? It's, it's the people. It's not the building. So I find that interesting. I really, really needed some, some shifting there. So nothing special about this building, right? God lives in our hearts and in our souls, not in buildings, right? And so we have this moment where when we pray in our room, it can be a special place. Now, you're allowed to pray, again, in the car, at school, in church, wherever, right? On the field, whatever, but I think what Jesus is saying, and this is interesting, is that you should have a regular routine of praying in a specific place and, and hopefully in a specific time. I think it matters. I'll tell you why it matters. Because over the course of my life, what I've, I've learned is there's always a change in scenery. There's a change in people as I move, like some of you know, like, I live in Houston, Texas right now, but I didn't always live in Houston. And so I've lived in a bunch of different places. Like sometimes the people go, sometimes the church goes, sometimes things change, but you should always be able to have a routine place and time. And honestly, your bedroom is like the perfect place. You know why? Because it's just you and God. So I, I, this, um, what I'm reading is the ESV version, the English Standard Version. I'm going to put a, um, a kind of a translation. It's not a translation. It's like a different version called the message. I don't prefer the message because the message in particular is not a translation of Scripture. It's just kind of a dude that was really poetic and decided to share. But I really like this particular verse in the message. He said, here's what I want you to do. This is Jesus, Jesus talking, right? Find a quiet, secluded place. So you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And here's, here's what's crazy. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Now that I did not understand when I was your age. You want to know why? Because I did not have a routine place and time for prayer. Right? I did not discipline myself to pray anywhere, unless I was about to take a test that I had not studied for, or unless I saw the red and blue flashing lights behind me, right? Like, like all kinds of stuff. Like, I'm just like, please, Jesus, don't let me get a ticket, right? Like, I, I, I've emergency prayed my way through some scenarios, but it wasn't really um, that I built my relationship with God until I understood this, that we should go into our room and we should shut the door and we should pray to our Father who's in secret. If we could go back, actually, to the ESV version of that verse, the very last sentence in that verse says, Your Father who sees in secret will what? Reward you. There's that word reward. What does the word reward mean in this context? What does God do to the person who's like full heart praying to God? What are some things you think God wants for that person? Yep, uses them. Sorry, I thought that was the hand. Anybody? Understands you? That's good. Comfort, Grayson? Yep, respond to you. Keegan? 
Yeah. Imagine. Imagine what God wants to do through prayer. Imagine God, I mean, obviously prayer being such an important part of our relationship with God. And that is something that we should be doing. Imagine what might happen if we took it seriously. If the creator of the universe gave us this connection piece, he could have left us here down all by ourselves. And I think that's why it's unnatural, because it feels like we're by ourselves. So I just want to speak for everyone in the room that's a little skeptical right now. And you're like, well, I tell you what's weird is I pray, and I don't even know if he's listening. Or I, I tell you, I pray, and I don't even know if he's real. I understand that, right? I get it. But I built my relationship with God on these kinds of prayers. My actual real relationship with God started with this kind of like go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father who's in secret. I do believe he answers prayer requests. We'll actually talk more about that next week. So he says, uh, go into your, it's not a literal closet, it's a literal room, uh, but I do believe time and place matter. Let's go to verse 7 and 8. So when you pray, there's that word when again. There's a lot of whens, right? There's some, some we're, we're going to pray. Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. More of just this performing theatrical prayer. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now that's a verse that confused me for a very long time. Anyone else? So wait, why are we praying if he knows what we need? Why? And here's what I learned. In fact, I think the answer cleverly shows up. If we can go back to the message verse. Thank you, Kyle. I'm giving you a workout back there. Look at that last sentence. The focus will shift from you to God, and you'll begin to sense his grace. Okay, now you can go back to verse 7 and 8. Here's what I've learned, okay? And this is what I think Jesus is teaching, right? God knows what you need. Does he still want you to pray? Of course. Okay, so like, is it the routine of asking? Okay, I need you to help me with my test tomorrow. Good, all right. I know you already knew that, but first of all, I would never pray like that. That's probably dangerous. <laughs> like, you're using your dumb voice to God, right? That's like, ugh. I'm kidding. Um, so here's why we pray when God already knows what we're after. I actually think it's more for us than him. Because you know what happens to me when I pray? Like, I can go into a prayer like trembling in fear and anxiety. If you deal with mental health issues, anxiety, depression, like, let me just tell you, like, a prayer might be one of the best things for you. Because I go into that and I'm talking like committed. I'm not talking about before you eat dinner, which is fine if you eat dinner. If you go to a, like a cheeseburger place and you pray for God to bless the food, I don't know how that works, you know? Like, it's a cheeseburger and french fries. Like, I don't know how much blessing can be done. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about you're in your room, you and God, just you two. I'm trembling with fear and anxiety. Like, God, do you even realize what's happening? And sometimes I'm like, do you even realize what I'm going through? All these questions are rhetorical, obviously, right? And then they're also just like based on false premises. Of course God knows what I'm going through, right? Of course he knows I'm stressed out. All that kind of stuff. And, and I think he's just like patiently waiting. God is so patient. 
I think about the time when Peter was invited to walk out into the water. And uh, he has a couple successful steps. But then he gets distracted by the winds and the waves, right? And he gets scared and he falls in. And then my favorite word in that passage is immediately. <laughs> immediately Jesus reaches down and grabs him. You would have, like, a lot of our parents would be like, just let him be down there for a couple minutes. <laughs> you know, like, let's let, he shouldn't have, you know, looked at the window. He should have been trusting me, you know. No, Jesus immediately grabs him, right? And rescues him, right? The heart of God is good for you. And what he wants is not to like pull you back in the boat and be like, you idiots, like anyone could have walked on water. Could you imagine if that was Jesus, right? Like, you're just, what a moron, you know? He doesn't. And I think Jesus is that way when we're praying and I'm trembling with fear and anxiety. I'm like, God, I'm all alone here. And I don't know if you're like, you've got a plan, but I'm struggling. And somewhere between there and like, amen, my heart calms. Because I'm remembering all these truths in scripture about God loves me. You're scared? This is a verse I've been quoting to some friends who are going through a very awful time. I got two friends right now going through a very awful time. Very like some of the worst stuff in in the world, and it's just it's just Psalm thirty four eighteen over and over. He is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. I've been quoting that for the last like three or four days, and when I quote those verses, often in prayer, I'm like, oh, you're in charge. You're still God. You're still on the throne. You've got my back." I'm not dying any minute before I'm supposed to. I'm not going to go through anything without you. Right? 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation except that's common to man, and God's going to provide you a way of escape. You're with me. You comfort me. You guide me. All those things. And by the end of like, amen, I walk away with faith when I walked into a prayer with trembling. There's only one way that happens. And that's that kind of prayer where you walk into your room and you just, you let it all out there before God. But here's what I'm saying. Jesus is saying, don't do the theatrics. Don't be repeating the empty words. Don't make it about what people see. Can you just, just you and me. Because you know what? After, after all, what Jesus wants, he just wants to build a friendship with you. I think of it like this. Got a present here. If someone were to give me a, a present, I would be excited like you would, right? And so you're like, you get a present, especially when someone walks up to you and gives you one, is the first thought, can I open it? <laughs> right? You're like, do I have to wait to open this till I get home? Or can I open it right now? You know, you get really excited. And so, yeah, you, you tear it open and you're like... Man, what is in this? Oh my gosh, it's a box. Oh my gosh, it looks like shoes. Oh, I'm so excited. Let me in. And then it's empty. What's the first, what's just the first thought in your mind when you get this? I've been pranked. My parents don't love me, right? Yeah. So, so, so yeah, all good, all good responses. 
this box means absolutely nothing to me because it's empty. It's empty. And here's, here's the way I see it. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. This is a picture of someone who's doing it for theatrics. There's nothing. It's a shoebox. What in the world point is giving a shoebox or a, a cardboard box to someone, right? It's not helpful at all. It's an empty gift. There was no thought put into this. This doesn't mean anything, right? This is, this is nothing. And what we do, right, when we pray empty phrases, dear Heavenly Father, please bless his food, amen. It's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Like I love the routine of praying before meals, and that's great. I want to teach my boys to pray before meals, right? We want to do this as a family. I pray with my boys before bed, you know, but like at the end of the day, if it's empty, What's the reward? What's the reward? So I want to challenge you guys to think about it from this perspective. There's two things that I think it comes down to. Attention and intention. Attention and intention. In some way, it seems like the hypocrites and the Gentiles, the Pharisees, whoever, are doing it so they can be seen. And it's like, oh. The crowd goes wild. What an amazing blog. Man, that prayer was amazing, you know? And it's like, what in the world is that? There's times when you need to go pray before God. Don't hear me wrong. Like, if you get asked to pray before LBS on Sunday and you're like, man, I really don't want to pray before people because I don't want to make this about a crowd. Like, you can pray in front of people. You just have to make sure that your heart's right, right? It's all, it's all about your heart anyway. So your intention, what's your purpose for praying? Are you praying for somebody? Do you really want to serve them in prayer? Then go for it. Do you feel called to serve someone by praying for them even when they're not around? That's an amazing version of prayer. Go for it. The thing about praying in your room is there's no temptation. There's no temptation. So while you're brushing your teeth, while you're in your room, shoot, while you're in homeroom, while you're... Maybe like if you're riding your bike to school, maybe if you're kind of on the in-between between classes, I want you to have a routine place. Now, brushing your teeth in between classes on the way to school, those are kind of like short periods. I'm talking about, and I'm not asking you to go home and pray for three hours. That's not what I'm asking you to do because no one could go from like, I can pray before meals. I'm going to, Mark is telling me to pray for three hours. I'm not asking you to do that, right? I'm just saying, would you consider what it looks like to have a routine place for you to just chat with God. And then you know what? You tell him whatever's on your mind. I think he wants it. I think he wants it more than anything. I think he wants your honesty more than anything. Because you know what he probably is not interested in? You kind of like faking in prayer. And he's like, bro, I can see your heart. Don't cut the theatrics. Sometimes you have to cut the theatrics in your room by yourself. And that's okay. Right? You, you, you got you to gotta learn how to just truly devote yourself to God. So here's what I do. And sometimes my prayers start off like this. God, and then I just think about what's going on in my head. Sometimes I am speechless. We'll talk more about this through the series, but there's a place for listening in prayer too. And you're like, what? Are you telling me that God speaks to me? 
Yeah. We'll talk more about that next week. Here's what I want you to focus on. This is the last thing I'll put on the screen. It's not about fancy Bible words or long, drawn-out prayers. It's just that God cares about your heart. That's it. If you could give anything to God in worship tonight, it would just be your heart in prayer. So here's what I would like to do. Uh, Band, you can go ahead and come on up. We're going to do something completely different right now. Okay? Changing up the system. I, um, I said earlier that it's real difficult to learn how to pray uh, unless maybe it's been modeled for you. Modeled meaning you were shown, mean, meaning someone else showed you how to do it. And so here's what I want to invite you to do. While the band gets ready, they're going to kind of start playing lightly, and we're going to sing our songs in just a moment. But before we get to our songs, I would love to give you just a chance to practice prayer. Okay? Now, I know you're like, so I thought we were supposed to go into our room and pray. No, I get it, but there's a place for it corporately too. So here's what I want to invite you to do. Okay, so let's stand up, first of all. Here's what I want you to do. And this is really, I'm not going to force you to do any of this. Some of you are like, I'm not a Christian. I don't really feel comfortable. Stay right at your seat. But I would like to invite you to come and just kind of kneel at the altar. And don't do it yet. Just kind of stay right where you are. I'm going to give you some instructions. Um, When you kneel, I'm just going to guide you in some prayer. So it'll be some times that I'm talking and that I kind of, all right, go ahead and pray to yourself. And I I don't need you to pray out loud. You can just pray to yourself in your heart, right silently in your head. And I want to tell you, God hears that prayer, okay? God knows your heart, and he knows what's on your mind. And here's, here's what I want to just challenge you with. Don't be tempted to fake. Don't be tempted to, to do something special so that people around you see. The goal of, like, the eyes closed in prayer is just to focus, right? So if you would like to participate, I want to invite you just to come and kind of grab some space here at the altar right now. just eyes closed. We'll just take about 30 seconds to thank God for who he is. Go ahead and pray. Just to yourself. any prayer request on your heart for the next 30 seconds, anything you want to pray to ask God for, and go ahead, just do yourself.
want you to just this last little portion, I want you to thank God for listening to your prayers and just whatever else you want to tell him for 30 seconds. specifically is that you would encounter each one of these students individually, that you would build up their relationship with you, God. Lord, I pray that you would raise up world shakers in this youth group. Lord, I pray that even in this moment where students are beginning to trust in you for the very first time, Lord, that we would we would build a trust, Lord. It's not perfect. We're not perfect. We still sin sometimes. We still mess up, Lord. But, Lord, I pray that you would just give us the grace of, of hearing your voice through your word, through prayer, through scripture, through through times at church and LBS and, and even the family devotions and things like that. Lord, I pray that you would change us from the inside out. Lord, I pray that this youth ministry would be a light to this neighborhood, to our schools to our families and to our neighborhoods. Lord, I pray that each student is able to grasp what a relationship with you looks like so that we can trust you and watch you shake this community up for your gospel. Lord, here we are. We just ask for your grace. We ask for your presence. We ask for your your guidance as, as we continue in this worship service. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you can go back to your seats if you like. We're just going to continue in, in worship. We're going to sing some songs. As always, as you're finding your seats, I want this time to be a time where we're focusing on the words that we're singing. And just remember, it's not theater. It's all about the heart. So if it's all about your heart, go ahead and stand up. If it's all about your heart, then just focus on these words and let them sink deeply in your heart. Let them change you from the inside out.